flight, or I'm sorry, on the way to a 15-hour flight to Israel. And I can remember on the plane as we were trying so hard to sleep after being there for so many hours on this plane. And, and I remember just being exhausted and sitting there, and all of a sudden, all these people started shuffling past me, and they were in suits, and they had hats, and uh, and they had, at the time, was like these towels. I'm like, what, what is going on right now? And when you're on a 15-hour flight, your mind gets kind of twisty. Uh, I don't know if you've been on a long flight, but it just, you, things just, just, just act weird within your mind. And, and all of a sudden, I see all these guys in the back of the plane. They crack one of the windows on the plane, and they just start going like this. And they start speaking in a language that I don't know. And as a Pentecostal, I'm thinking they're speaking in tongues. You know, the Holy Spirit's about to fall and like all this. And they're speaking in this other language. And they're, they have, uh, what you know, at the time what I thought they were, just, just towels on the top of their head. I'm like, what in the world are these guys doing? And obviously, many of us may know that they were Jewish people. And they didn't. It didn't matter to them that they were on a 15-hour flight. It didn't matter to them that they were probably exhausted. But the time came to pray, and so they prayed. They headed to the back of the plane, and they all gathered together. And I start flipping out. Okay, I'm thinking, I didn't realize there was Jewish terrorists, but something's about to go down. And I'm thinking, where this is going? What is happening right now? I started flipping out in my mind. And, but then I started, and I just, I just saw them praying, just with commitment, I mean, praying. And they were focused and they were, they were drawn into their God. They were praying. And later coming to find out that it was talents, these prayer towels that they put over their heads and they had their prayer books and they were focusing in and they were appreciating and thanking and praying to God. While, we're in it, while we were in Israel, there was uh, several Islamic people there that um, that were just working in the stores, that were working in the restaurants. There was little kids running around playing, just, just having a good time, just normal people. You know, so many of us think Muslim and we think terrorists, but realistically, over 85% of the, of the Muslim faith are not terrorists. They're just regular people. They're just living their life, doing what they do. I had a Buddhist friend in, in, in high school, and and I would go over to his house, and I would get really, like, flipped out at some of the weird things that he had on his wall, all these different symbols from the Buddhist faith and different things like that. And, and I was just so weirded out. But he, he, really, he really appreciated me, and we were good friends. And he didn't care that I didn't believe the same thing as he did. He, he wasn't worried about the fact that I was a Christian and he was a Buddhist. He was just so accepting and so nice and such a good guy. There was a kid in our youth group that came from a Hindu family, and he came to church one day, and he asked, he's like, hey, is it okay if I serve your God and also the God that my family's telling me to serve? Is it okay that we just serve all the gods? I, I, you know, I really want to serve Jesus. I really want to accept him in my heart, but I also have to serve these other gods, so is, is that okay to do? So many times in the world uh, that we live in, they're asking themselves this question. Is it possible that we're all right? Is it possible that all roads somehow lead to heaven? Is it possible that no matter which direction you take, that somehow it reaches God? Throughout the media, we see it proclaimed, world peace, our goal in life, everything that we live for is to come to this point of world peace. 
peace. And the reality of it is we come to this, this word that so many people, and you may not even realize it, but around this world are thriving on this word called coexi- coexist. Coexist. And they're asking themselves the question, and they're thriving toward this question, can we all coexist in this world? Can't we all just get along Can't we all just be happy for one another? Can't we all just wonder and know that maybe somehow, some way, by some chance, we'll all end up in the same place in heaven? And the sad reality of it is, is there's millions and millions of people that believe that statement. There's millions of people that live by that faith. There's millions of people that walk around with bumper stickers on their cars that say coexist, trying to promote this idea of coexisting with other religions. There's guys that put tattoos on their back that say coexist, trying to push to the world, say, hey, we coexist together. We can all get along. We can all be happy. And it was extremely drawn out as Bono. This is Bono from U2 who went on a stage And he put this blindfold over his eyes trying to promote this idea that we can all just be happy and we can all just coexist and can't we all just get along because we don't really know, right? I mean, we don't really know what happens after we die, right? But why don't we just get along and coexist and be at peace when the scary reality is, as I look at this picture and I see Bono who's trying to throw to the world that the coexisting can work, that we can all get along, we can all be at peace. The sad truth that I see when I look at that picture is that that mentality of coexisting is blinding the people of this world. It's blinding people around our world and the idea that we can coexist together. There's mentalities out there that say love will always win. That everyone can be right somehow, some way. Universalism is spreading rapidly. But the truth is, it's blinding Americans and it's blinding our world to the truth that there's only one God. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus. And that's through Jesus. We started this series in uh, our young adults group called Coexist, and we've tackled several of these religions and we've gone through these religions to help us understand where they are Uh, they also also to learn how we can communicate to that people group and then also come to an understanding that it's only through jesus that those people can be saved that those people can be saved now this is really just an introduction to again all these different um five different religions that we're studying, and they they are available on the church website. You go to Ignite 360, uh, the Ignite 360 portion of it, and you look on our podcast, you can get all of the different religions. We go into uh, to strong detail on all of them and how we can reach them for our faith. But what I want to really do today is kind of give you an introduction to this thought. Um, and I want everybody, does everybody have a Bible with them, some sort of Bible? I know a lot of people like myself, younger people use iPads and iPhones and different things. With that Bible, I'd like you to repeat these words. Repeat, the Bible is true, the Bible is reliable, and the Bible is for me. Let's try that again a little, a little louder. The Bible is true, the Bible is reliable, and the Bible is for me. Now, if you believe that truth, and you can hold that in your hands and understand that as truth for yourself, 
A lot of things will make sense today where to the, to the rest of the world, they really do not. Let me explain it in this way. There's two huge questions that come across our world and may even come to your doorstep one day. If you ever work around non-believers or if you're around anybody else that's, that's not necessarily from church, you're going to be questioned with these two thoughts. The first one is this. Are there multiple ways to get to God? Are there multiple ways to get to God? You say for us as church people, well, of course there isn't. You know, duh, I mean, I know that. But why do you know that? Do you understand why that is true? And I'm going to answer using God's word, which is true, reliable, and for us. Check this out. John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nobody else, right? We know that as believers. Acts 4.12, it says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. I think Jesus and God and this Bible that we look into that gives us the absolute truth for our lives is trying to tell us something. There's no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus, right? We know that, we believe that, but we have to take that so foundationally in our lives in order to be able to share it with this world. I like how, how, how Joe Olstein um, answered this question, and I didn't like it at first, but, but it really grew on me, and I want to kind of explain it. He was on the show called Oprah. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. Uh, he was on Oprah, and the question was asked to him, are there multiple ways to get to God? Now, of course, every pastor and every church member is like putting their ear toward the TV, just waiting to hear how Joel Olstein is going to answer this question. And this is how he answered it. He said, there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. But there are many ways to Jesus. Let me say that again. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. But there are many ways to Jesus. Now, I have to admit, when I first heard that, I'm kind of like... That that's kind of, that sounds like a cop-out. That kind of sounds weird to me. Like, wait, so you mean they can live in all these other religions and they can all come to God somehow through Jesus? And, and it kind of confused me, but the more I thought about it, the more I took it in, and as I, I've talked to Pastor Darrell and some, some other pastors here, it really started making more sense. This is what he's trying to say, and let me, let me word it like this. We need to believe that Jesus can save anybody, anywhere, at any time. Jesus can save anybody, anywhere, at any time, from any religion, from any tradition, from any family history. Jesus can save anywhere. He can save anywhere. And we have to come to this concept as believers because we live in a world that's so thriving on this mentality of coexisting, of being in world peace, and, and doing all these things. But we have to know this foundational truth. Jesus came to save the world. And he makes himself available to the entire world so that in any way possible, no matter how they get there, if they can arrive at Jesus, Jesus will change their heart and direct them toward God. We have to get that. We have to let that grow in our lives. It's a great example looking at the thief on the cross. Who would have ever thought that a guy that was a liar, a thief, a scumbag, dying on a cross because of all the just hideous things that he's done in his life, Jesus can even save him. We need to understand that Jesus can save anytime, anywhere, anybody. It's just the fact. Jesus can save in any place that he chooses. So that's the first big question. Are there multiple ways to get to God? Simply the answer is no, but we have to understand that Jesus is readily available to save anybody, anywhere 
at any time. Question number two is this. Why can't we just coexist in peace? Why can't we just coexist in peace? And this is a question that's just rampant around the world right now. Why can't we just appreciate that Buddhists are Buddhists and that, that Jewish people are Jewish people and that Islamic people are Islamic? What, like, what, why can't we just be okay with everyone believing in different things? Again, I'm going to answer from the Bible in Luke chapter 12, verse 51. It'll be on the screen behind me. Luke chapter 12, verse 51. It's also found in Matthew. It says, do you think I came to bring peace on earth no, I tell you, but division. Now, now, check this out. This is Jesus talking. Listen to what he says. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Now, why would Jesus make a statement like that? That sounds kind of harsh, kind of sounds rude. But what Jesus is trying to help us understand is that he did not come to make everybody just happy with what they're doing. He, he came to bring division and what people were living like in order to bring one rule, one reign under God himself. Listen to this. So in other words, we can't coexist with just every religion that's out there and believe uh, that it's okay, that everyone can just think what they want to think and believe what they want to believe because Jesus came to bring a division in order that everyone can have the opportunity to come into his ultimate peace. Check this out. There's another verse that emphasizes this more. It's in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. He said, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So what does Jesus come to do? Come to make everybody happy and able to live how they want to live and everything be okay? No, he came to bring division and then have everybody given the opportunity to come into his ultimate peace. There's a bumper sticker that says it greatly. It's no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. How many people have seen this bumper sticker before? Some of y'all have it on your cars. I know you do. No Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. But this statement couldn't be more true. Without Jesus, there is no peace. There is no peace. So for us to think and for people in this world to think that we can just live and coexist and be okay with everything that's going around us, it's impossible. I'm sorry, but the wars will not end just because we want to be at peace. They won't. Do you know that religious wars are the, the number one reason that there is war in the first place? Over religion? He came to bring division and break the barriers and create one peace under himself with one rule and one reign under the kingdom of God. The end. The end. So we have to come to this concept that Jesus is the only way to true peace. You see, God's desire is not to coexist, but it's simply to exist by him and for him. It's to exist for him because of him, that is what God has called us to do. But this is what I want to get to tonight, and I really want to break in here as we enter into second base here, as we kind of round the top. In America, we have a big problem. Our problem is how we respond to other religions. Our problem is how we respond to people that are living in sin. 
Our problem is how we say things to others thinking we're doing the holy work of God, but really we're bringing destruction. Now, don't get me wrong. There are, there's, it's a very realistic, uh, the, the reality of the fact is we, we really can't coexist, just like Cubs fans and Sox fans have a little problem with coexisting. See, we, it, there is an impossibility of coexisting, but that does not mean that we face people with hatred. That does not mean that we hold up signs just condemning and, and downcasting people from other faiths and other religions and even other beliefs. That does not give us the right to stand up and be all holier than thou, telling other people that they're way out of line, you're out of place, and, and getting mad like our anger is going to change their mind. How did Jesus come? How did Jesus approach the woman at the well? It's how Jesus does things that should be how we take on what we do. So for us to think that Jesus was holding up signs, for us to think that Jesus was doing it the way we're doing it today is completely out of line. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers. And in Isaiah 9, 6, it calls Jesus, it calls God the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. God did come to create division, but only to create a true peace, not a fake peace, not an imaginary peace, but a full and complete and true peace. And he wants to do it through us. He wants to do it through us. So what, what can we do as Christians to promote the idea of just existing, not coexisting, but simply existing for the causes of God? What can we do? I'm going to start with the first thing that we can do is comprehension. Comprehension. This is a little system that I've kind of pulled from God's word and developed, and it's actually used in every single one of the religions that we study on the podcast. Uh, every single religion, we go down these three items. There's two things that we do. There's one thing that God does. There's two things that we do. There's one thing that God does. The first thing we do as Christians is comprehension. One mistake that we've made in this world, as, as many believers, believers have made, is we don't understand other religions. We don't understand why people think the way they think. You know what Christians do when they're asked, well, why am I wrong as a Buddhist? Well, well, I don't know, because Jesus is right. That's it, period. Well, why is that? Well, I don't really know. Jesus, okay, Jesus is it, man, okay? That's, that's the way it is. Like, people don't respond to that in this world because they can't understand it. They can't understand it. So what is our job as believers? What can we do to truly evangelize in this world today? We need to have comprehension of the people around us. How many people work with somebody from another religion or different beliefs, something that's just completely opposed to what you believe? We need to come to an understanding of why they think the way they think. How could we ever think that we can change somebody if we don't understand where they are or why they believe what they believe? And that's why we've, we've dug into these five religions trying to help us uh, understand what they're about and why they believe what they believe. We have to comprehend why people think the way they do. And secondly, we have to use communication. Communication. Comprehension. Comprehending where they are, why they believe what they believe, but also being able to communicate the gospel in a way that they can understand. In other words, speaking in their language. Speaking in their language. Maybe rather than coming to them at the angle like, well, Jesus is just, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's in the Bible somewhere, okay? Like, more than that, comprehending why they believe what they believe and communicating to them on their level so they get it and it clicks and it's different 
Because so many Christians, all they do when they think of Christians, they think of people holding up signs saying, I hate fags. That's what they think of when they think of Christians in this world. I'm telling you it's the truth. Why do you think television is the way it is? Media is the way it is. Have you seen a movie with a good Christian character other than one that's made by Christians? It doesn't happen very often. Christians are either stupid. Christians don't know what they're talking about. Christians are all these things, but they're never right because it's the way they see believers. And what I want to do is help us to change our mindsets so that people could see us for something different than what the media is portraying Christians to be. We have to comprehend the religions, comprehend the beliefs of this world, but we also have to communicate the gospel in a way that people will understand. This last part that I'm going to say as we come around third base here, the last part I want to say is this. There's one thing that we are not called to do that many Christians believe they are. There's one thing that God himself can only do there's one thing that so many Christians just, just think that they're, they're required to do and they put it on their shoulders and they chug every single day thinking it's their responsibility. And the last point that is only God's is conversion. Conversion. There's two things we do. We comprehend where they are. We communicate the gospel in the way that they understand. But there's one thing that only God can do and that's conversion. That's conversion. I know so many people that have this weight on their back, this stress that, oh, I have to save everybody. I have to save everybody. Every day that I live, I have to save people. I have to save people. I have to save people. I understand the heart. I, I really do. I, I get where you're coming from. But your job is to comprehend where, they're at, where people are at, communicate the gospel. Communicate the gospel. But you can't change people's hearts. That's something only Jesus can do. So can I do something tonight? If you're here tonight and you would say, you know, I've put this stress on my heart day after day after day, would you just, in Jesus' name, be released from that? Be released from that weight because Jesus is the one who converts people, not you. Not you. Where do I get that from? 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. If you don't have it, just, just open it up. or uh, um, look, I'm sorry, check on the screen if you want to write it down to look at later. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. It says it very plainly. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. Listen to this. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. God makes the seed grow. How many days have we spent just beating ourselves up over not making somebody convert? How many days have Christians said, oh, I should have gotten that person saved? I'll tell you, when I first became a youth pastor here, one of my biggest struggles was seeing students graduate from high school and go into the world and just live a completely wrong lifestyle. It killed me. It killed me at first because I couldn't understand that I can't save people, period. I can't do it. I can't do it. Only Jesus is the converter, not you and not me. 
Does that mean that I'm just okay with what others, every student does? Absolutely not. Because I want to comprehend where students are. I want to be able to communicate the gospel in a way that they understand, most of the time with crazy, goofy stories and talking about poop, you know, whatever gets teenagers' attention. But it's Jesus that does the converting, not me and not you. I love this story in in Acts chapter 17. I'm not going to read it, but if you just want to write this down, down, Acts chapter 17 starting in verse 16, came to be one of my favorite stories when it comes to evangelism. Paul goes into Athens, and he's going to witness to uh, the Greeks and to the people there in Athens. And, and, it, and it talks about in Scripture, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase, but it talks about in Scripture that Paul was just brokenhearted over the city because he went into the city of Athens, and all he saw was these gods and goddesses and these idols that just were all over the city. And he happened to notice this one God, and it was called the unknown God. That's how it translates, is the unknown God. And Paul was in the city of Athens and, and of course, just distraught over all these idols. And he begins to speak to the people. And he tells them something very intriguing. As a matter of fact, it was it, a lot of the religious leaders didn't like the way he went about this, but he said, hey, People of Athens, I don't know what he said, <laughs> people of Athens, however he talked. He said, you have all these gods, but I noticed this one that's called the unknown God. And I want to let you know today, I know who he is. This is Paul, okay? And people around him, and I could, I could just see like the pastoral staff going, oh, this guy is totally off the wall. Joel Osteen too, in a way he's off the wall. But do you realize that he comprehended the city of Athens, where they were. He understood the beliefs of why they were believing in these idols and these gods. And then he communicated the gospel to them so clearly. This unknown God that you worship, that you serve, you don't even know who he is, but I know who he is. His name's Jesus. And actually, he is the only God. And if you serve him, you can just tear down all these other ones because he's the man. Of course, paraphrasing like a youth pastor, you know what I'm saying? But, but this is how he spoke to them, that I know who this God is that you've been worshiping. You didn't know who he was, but I can tell you who he is. His name is Jesus. And he's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. And if you will accept him, you can take all those other gods and throw them out the window because he's the one and the only I remember being in Nashville this last, uh, uh, just a couple months ago, and just, just hanging out in this city. I don't know if you've ever been to Nashville. It's so cool. If you like music, it's the place to go. I've never seen so many bands. Just place after place after place, there's just, there's just bands playing all the time. It's just, uh, it's so cool. But the other thing, it, it, because you're in the South, and I don't know if it's just in Nashville or what, but, but there's people witnessing on every corner of Nashville. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the night. I don't But there's people witnessing on every corner. And I'll never forget uh, this one couple. And I'll tell you what, I, I enjoy I don't know, as a pastor, Pastor Mar, I don't know if you've ever done this. I, I went and I got witnessed to like six times, okay? I got saved like four or five. It was amazing. It was just this awesome time in Nashville. But I remember this one uh, couple in particularly, um, 
and I, I loved how they went about themselves, but it, it was kind of funny at, at what they were wearing. They were wearing these T-shirts that says Jesus saves. It was a couple, listen, a couple holding hands wearing T-shirts that say Jesus saves. And then they had these banners that say God loves you. Okay, so a couple holding hands with shirts that say matching shirts, oh yes, that say Jesus loves you, and then uh, these flags, these banners that say God loves you. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing, like this just total like evangelistic, like ready to go, ready to share the gospel with somebody. And I, and I was kind of just watching them because I like to just, I, it, I'm maybe creepy. I watch people. I'm a people watcher. And so uh, if I'm scary, just stay away from me. But, uh, but I, 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 just, I was just watching this couple and how they were like interacting with people. And there was this other couple that had matching hockey jerseys. And they were walking by. And of course, as corny as this couple was wearing matching Jesus Loves You shirts, I mean, just imagine, they were like vultures. They're like, I see that other corny couple, and we're going to get them. And it's just like this, this look on their face, this anticipation. And I was so intrigued because at first I'm thinking this is going to be a disaster. These people are going to be so scared of God. They're not going to want to hear another thing about God when this couple gets to them. But you want to know something? As creepy as I was standing there watching this couple, I got to hear what they say, and, and they went, hey, 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 do you, hey you, guys, you guys are hockey fans, huh? And the, the couple's kind of like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we got the hockey shirts on matching. Uh, but they're standing there just kind of like, okay, what is this person going to say? And these two people with their Jesus loves you shirts, their God loves you banners, were sitting there talking to this couple about hockey. About hockey. And just, you know, a different plays that happen. Oh, that's great, you know, and and it's just like, hey, you know, just, you know, God. And then as they kind of wrapped up the conversation, the, the couple wasn't as freaked out anymore. Even though they had these Jesus loves you shirts, you know, all this kind of stuff. They went up to him and instead of attacking them with, oh, did you know that you're going to go to hell unless Jesus, you know, and all that. And instead of doing that, hey, hey, you guys like hockey, huh? That's, that's awesome. Hey, did you see that game? Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable game. Blah, blah. Just, just thing. You know, thing by thing, just talking to this couple. And you know what they said at the end of it? Because I was waiting. Because there has to be a slam dunk line, right? There has to be. And you know what they said? They're like, hey, you know what? God bless you guys. And the couple is like, oh, okay. And they just kind of kept walking. And they're matching jerseys. And you know what I thought? Man, I've seen so many people obliterate evangelism in so many ways. Pushing people away from the gospel. Totally like making God look pathetic. But this couple went up to them, comprehended the world that they lived in, saw that they were into hockey. Okay, you're into hockey. Hey, let's talk about hockey. Why do you like that hockey team? Why do you, I mean, just these various questions. And then they were able to communicate the love of Christ to them. Because there's steps, and I understand that different people are on different wavelengths. I think it was pretty clear that they were Christians, okay? But they were communicating to them the love of Christ, the gospel of Christ, in such a clear and loving and compassionate way. And instead of saying, all right, you're ready to close the deal, let's go into my, you know, lair and, and talk about this. No, they, they didn't do that. They said, all right, hey, have, a, have an awesome night. God bless you. Wow. I saw that, and it was so refreshing 
Because this couple walked away, and instead of being like, oh, who are those people? They're just so nuts. They went away, and they're like, okay. Wow, they were actually kind of nice. Wow, they were actually decent people. Wow, they actually aren't the people that are portrayed on TV. They actually aren't the people that we just see all over the news that are just these terrible Christians holding up banners and signs and flags. But they're different. And what I want to pose to us here as a congregation, as a church, that they were like Jesus. They were like Jesus. And the call that I would have for each and every one of us here tonight is to start treating people like Jesus treated people. Rather than attacking with our little bit of knowledge that we might know, rather than answering questions well with, well, I don't really understand why they wear that and they do that and all this kind of stuff, but, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, period, okay? But actually having knowledge of the world around us, knowledge of the, the religions of this world, comprehending why they believe what they believe, communicating the gospel in love in a way that they can grasp in their language and then letting Jesus save them. Letting Jesus save them. I'm going to tell you tonight, maybe there's people in your life that you've gone those steps with. You've understood their situation. You've communicated, and the last step just seems to be in the air. And I want to challenge you tonight with the fact that Jesus knows what he's doing. And I'll tell you, when those people have the inkling of their hearts open up, Jesus will come in and change their mindset and show them love in a way that you and I can't do. We can't do it. Only Jesus does the converting. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. But there are many ways to Jesus. And I'll tell you where those many ways come into place is through you and through me, through us, the church. The idea of coexisting is crazy. It's, it's impossible. But Jesus came that we could have one peace under one rule and under one reign, and he wants to use us to get there. Can we stand to our feet tonight before we leave? I know many of us in this room uh, know people that are of other religions, that know people that, um, that disregard the gospel, disregard you. Maybe they hate you. I, I don't know. But what, would I, what I'd like to really pose to us here tonight is that we would take the challenge of understanding the people around us, comprehending the people around us. If, if one of those, uh, if somebody you works with just happens to fall within the five religions that we're studying, please, would you just check out our podcast and just research it a little bit? Or even if it's under your own research, however it is, find out why the people that you work with or live with or whoever it may be, uh, go to school with, find out why they believe what they believe so that you can comprehend and understand where they're, going, where, they're, where they're coming from and then also learn to communicate the gospel in a way that they can see it, in a way that they can see it. But most importantly, can we just remember this? We can't save people. Only Jesus saves people. Only Jesus can save and so in our heart of hearts tonight, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes and just pray that God would help us through this process. Father, we just come to you tonight, God. Many of us representing people from, from other faiths, God, know people from other faiths that just, God, it's, it's so hard sometimes to communicate. And we, we take it upon ourselves that we just have to change people's minds. And God, 
You've called us to two steps, God. You've called us to do two things in our life for these other people. You want us to comprehend where they're coming from, and you want us to communicate the truth of the gospel to them. And God, so many times we can just, just, just beat ourselves up over the fact that people aren't changing. So God, we pray right now, because it it's, it's just might be the only thing we can do at, at this point in our lives at some, for some people here, God, that, that we would just pray that you would change people's hearts God, that you would change the hearts of those around us that are following these other false gods, Lord, that are dedicating and committing their life to maybe praying to someone that's not even there. God, we pray that you would show them yourself. You would reveal yourself, God. Lord, that it would be through us as Christians, as believers, God, that we would show your love. God, not, not display hate not display this, this crazy mentality of type of things that we say sometimes and people say, Lord, not the way that people see Christians, but how you see us, God. Lord, you love us, God, and we just only want to show that love to those around us, God. Maybe those from other faiths, other religions, God, whatever it may be, God, we pray that you would reveal yourself through us, God. Lord, that you would be revealed in the hearts and the lives of these people that believe these other things, God, would you draw them to yourself? May they see that you're knocking at their heart's door. And Lord, we pray that they would hear it. Lord, that they would hear the knocking, God, that they would respond to that knocking and come and truly find peace that can only be found in you. God, we thank you for tonight, God, and I pray for all of us that you'd give us the strength and the courage to go through with this in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Mo. Amen. What a great message tonight for Pastor John. Amen. How many enjoyed that? Amen. Thanks, Pastor John. And I think we need to hear that once in a while. We really need to be reminded of some of those great truths in our relationship and, and what we're doing and our part, God's part. And uh, we need to be reminded of that. And that's good. Summer... Uh, Events are here. A lot of times you think of summer, especially in church. We see the crowd at night. We say, oh, boy, things let up in the summertime. Well, I just want to urge you to look over all the activities, what Pastor, or what uh, Brother Mark Beck told had to say tonight, and all the things that are happening for men, for ladies that's in there. Let's, let's make this summer count for God. And uh, I don't know, I'm not the one to tell you. Each one of you find a church corner and put a T-shirt on, but... That uh, says something, but let your faith show. Let your light show that God might use us. Amen? Let's have the blessing of the Lord because uh, I, every service, personally, I look forward to this part because I think it's so important. I take it with me. I think about it during the week when things I need, protection, and so on. Ancient blessing says, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord smile upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Lord, we just conclude with a time of prayer that you would bless us and protect us. Looking forward to your smile upon us, your graciousness. May you give us your favor, Lord. May we walk in peace. May we be good examples, testimonies of what you revealed to us, that many will be in heaven because of that. Thank you, Lord, for this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands. Uh,
have a good uh, summer day tomorrow. It's going to be hot weather. And uh, all the men come out and play softball.